I invite you to join me in turning your pew Bibles to page 1,894. 1,894, where we find our scripture reading for tonight, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 9, but we're going to read verse 1 through 10. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 10. Here now the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, And if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, for that righteous man, living among them day after day, was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. As far as the reading of God's holy word, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Oh, false teachers. You know, I've... Uh, I've mentioned this guy before, but I'm going to use him again as an illustration. But Shy Lin is a Christian hip-hop rapper. Um, he's also a pastor. And um, some time ago, he kind of uh, came under some uh, scrutiny because he came out with a, uh, a song called False Teachers. Now, um, when he came out with the song, he kind of made it a lot more uh, hip hoppy, and so he turned the S's into dollar signs, <laughs> which also fits the theme of false teachers because they often are uh, using the gospel for profit or gaining money. But the reason why he came under some scrutiny, the reason why he was brought into some uh, controversy about this song is because he did something that people in very nice American evangelicalism say you shouldn't do. And that is, he named names. 
And I can read you the lyrics of the song. And you might be able to understand then why, um, why he got into some trouble. This is the end of the song. Joel Osteen is a false teacher. Craftlow Dollar is a false teacher. And Benny Hinn is a false teacher. I know they're popular, but don't let them deceive you. T.D. Jakes is a false teacher. Joyce Meyer is a false teacher. Paula White is a false teacher. Use your discernment, let the Bible lead you. Fred Price is a false teacher. Kenneth Copeland is a false teacher. Robert Tilton is a false teacher. I know they're popular, but don't let them deceive you. Eddie Long is a false teacher. Juanita Bynum is a false teacher. Paul Crouch is a false teacher. Use your discernment. Let the Bible lead you. And then he ends the song by literally quoting 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Now the reason why he got in trouble is because oftentimes in our day and age, people say, well, yeah, we know there are false teachers out there, but you, know, you don't have to like say who they are. And the importance of saying who they are uh, is not only because this is a bib- there's biblical warrant for calling out false teachers by name. Paul in some of his letters will say, mark these people because they are teaching this and here are their names and their address and, you know, basically, uh, what do they call it today? Doxing them. Right? Um, but one reason why it's important that we name names when we talk about false teachers is because uh, some people are just not very discerning. Uh, one uh, teacher that uh, I know of named Justin Peters has a whole, con- has a whole uh, uh, conference on uh, and the importance of being able to discern who false teachers are, and he goes through this whole process of making sure that you know where these false teachings come from, these New Age philosophies that get brought into all kinds of Christian-esque type things. Um, and he says one time that he was talking to the kindest old lady, and she came up to him and she said, you know who my two favorite preachers are? John MacArthur and Joel Osteen. Because people just don't understand how different those two are. They just see a smiling, kind face. And they don't think anything of it. So, we're going to talk about it tonight. Because Peter's talking about it. And we need to be warned. False teachers are real. But God is faithful to judge. And to save. False teachers are real, but God is faithful to judge and to save. So, three points tonight past and present reality. Verse one, two, the teachers. 
and their followers. And number three, God's faithfulness. On display. So, let's look at this first point. Past and present reality, okay? So, it's been a little while since we were talking about Second Peter, so it's important that we understand where we are in context, okay? Um, verse 19 of chapter 1 says these words. We have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by uh, uh, the Spirit. And so, uh, Peter just took some time to talk about what is true prophecy, um, what is the nature of true prophets, Right? And this is what he says in uh, chapter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets. There were true prophets and true prophecy in the Old Testament, right? Um, in, in, the, in the time of Israel. But there were also false prophets and false prophecies. Um, all you got to do is go to the book of Judges, the book of Deuteronomy, um, where you find that God actually gives uh, to the people of Israel the way in which you, you determine who's a true prophet and who's not a true prophet. And, and, and one of the determining factors of who's a true prophet and who's not a true prophet is that if a prophet says, this and this and this is supposed to come about, and it does come about, well, guess what? They're a true prophet. But if a prophet says, this and this and this is supposed to come about, and they don't come about, well, guess what? That's a false prophet, and actually you're supposed to uh, put them to death. Right? Um, if you go and you study the Old Testament, you will find that a lot of times in the midst of great apostasy in Israel, uh, there were prophets of Yahweh who liked to tickle the ears of the king. And they would prophesy by saying whatever it was that the king wanted to hear. One of, the, uh, one of the, my favorite stories about this, and I can't, uh, I don't know all the details, but basically there, are, there is this king uh, in Judah, and he's friends with the king in the northern kingdom, Israel. And so he goes up to the northern king in Israel, and, and they want to know if they're supposed to go out to battle, right? And so... Um, the, but Judah, the king in Judah, he wants to make sure that what they're going to do is something that God is going to honor. And so he asks, are there any prophets of, of the Most High among you? And, uh, and the king in Israel says, yeah, but I never like what he says. And so they don't call for him. And instead, the king of Israel has all of his other prophets come in. And the prophets all say, yeah, go out against the battle. Go out against the armies. The Lord is with you. You will overcome them. You will defeat them. You will have victory. And then finally, the king in Judah says, yeah, but can we please hear from the prophet of the Most High? And so they say, the king of Israel says, go, come on, just finally come on. And so the guy comes and he prophesies to them and he 
says, yeah, go ahead, you're going to do fine, wink, wink. But then the king in Israel says, no, tell us what God really said. And then the king and the, the prophet of the Most High basically says, okay, if you really want to know what's going to happen, if you go out to battle, you're going to die. And then the king in Israel says, see, I told you this guy never prophesies anything good about me. The point is, this happened in the time of Jeremiah as well. Jeremiah writes about it. The prophets, they all say, peace, peace. And there is no peace. What do the prophets say? The prophets say, don't worry about the people that were carried off to Babylon. They're going to be returned. And God will never let his temple be destroyed. God will never let this come to an end. God will protect this place. It's holy to him. It's where his presence is. False prophecy, false prophecy, false prophecy. You know what they do to the true prophet of God? They stick him down at the bottom of a well. In the muck and the mire. So, Peter says, yeah, there were true prophets and there were true prophecies, but there were also false prophets among the people. And this is where he makes the jump from the past to the present reality. Well, if there are true teachers and true teaching among you, well, guess what? This is how Satan operates. He operates in the form, in the fashion of counterfeits. There are going to be false teachers and false teaching among you. There are going to be the reality, the present reality is that you're going to have false teachers and false teaching among you. Now, the, the distinction between... Um, Let's say something like Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons, right? And somebody like a false teacher is that they, false teachers, claim to be Christian. Their false teaching is subtle. They're like a wolf with sheep's clothing, right? They try to be deceptive, okay? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about false teachers and their followers in point number two. Verse 1b to 3. So Peter says, yeah, there are going to be false teachers among you. And these are the things that they'll do. These are the things that you should keep note of. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies. They will deny sovereign Lord who bought them. They will bring swift destruction on themselves. What about their followers? 
What marks them? They will follow their shameful ways. The shameful ways of these false teachers. Bring the way of truth into dispute. In greed, these false teachers will exploit with stories they've made up. Their condemnation has been long hanging over them and their destruction has not been sleeping. So, these teachers secretly introduce destructive heresies. How do they do that? They come into the church. They disguise themselves as people who are in the church, as church people, as Christians, and they seek to secretly introduce these kinds of destructive heresies, destructive false teachings. They don't do this in a blatant way. They don't do this in an overt way. They do this in a subtle way. They do this in a secretive way. They do this in a way that breeds dissension, that brings about hardship. They deny the sovereign Lord. One of the characteristics of false teaching is that ultimately it denies the either humanity of Christ or the divinity of Christ. Paul, when he met with the church in Ephesus, the elders in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20, he warned them of this very same thing. He said in verse 28, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, Be shepherds of the church which he, Christ, bought with his own blood. Uh, I know that after I leave you, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. And so what is Paul saying? He's saying Christ bought his church. And so... Is, is, is Peter saying here that um, people whom Christ has died for um, can actually deny the Lord who bought them? No, what Peter is saying is these people claim to be Christians. These people claim to be part of the Christian body, part of the flock of the fold, right? And the, the identifying mark of the church, the identifying mark of the flock is that they have been bought and purchased by Christ. And so... If you want to know who is a false teacher, if you want to know who is somebody who is seeking to deceive and to secretly introduce destructive heresies, ask this one question, what do they say about Jesus? Do they make Jesus bigger or do they make Jesus smaller? In fact, if you look at a lot of uh, the false teachers that Shailen mentioned in, in his um, song, Creflo Dollar, Creflo Dollar popularizes what we call a little g theology, and that is Creflo Dollar says that we are gods. And one of the things that he does by, by, by creating this theology is that he says, we are no different than Jesus. Jesus was a man just like us. And the way that Jesus was glorified and made great is the same way that we can be glorified and made great. We can be just like Jesus. 
You see, that's a bringing down of Christ's divinity and a raising of our divinity. You see the twisting there? The teachers do this. They deny the sovereign Lord. If you read 1 John, much of 1 John is talking about who these people claim Christ to be. Do they say that he is the Son of God? If you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, um, then you are not a false teacher. Right? They bring swift destruction on themselves. Peter is saying, even though there is this reality of false teachers and false teaching, God is not taken by surprise by this. Just as though, just as even just as in the past there were true prophets and false prophets, and God brought judgment. We'll hold that for the part that he's going to say next. The teachers and their followers, another marking of their followers, or of these teachers, is that they're they're greedy and they want, seek to exploit. Paul in, in 2 Corinthians writes about these people who are peddling the word of God. That one mark of a false teacher is their greed for money, their, their, their very fleshly, worldly perspective. I was talking to my wife, Carice, the other day uh, about false teachers. And I said, you know, I can kind of understand um, why people can be deceived by Joel Osteen. He, his whole stick is like this very nice southern Texas. I mean, you can see his smile from uh, the, the cover of his books from like halfway across the bookstore. You know, um, he, he's, he's so kind and so, um, you know, not wanting to be offensive, right? I can I can kind of understand why people why why I people fall for his stick, right? Um, but then you know you kind of have to wonder. Just recently, a plumber was working in the church in Lake, you know, the Lakewood Church or whatever in Texas, and he found behind the wall like six hundred thousand dollars in cash in 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 Joel Osteen's church. Like, what is that? You know? Besides that, though, I mean, he, he, he plays this whole front. Where, you know, he's just very kind, very, you know, um, southern gentleman, right? I can understand his shtick. Um, but Kenneth Copeland? I mean, the guy looks possessed by a demon. Have you ever seen? And, I mean, he's got this huge mansion, and he's got private jets. I, I just don't, I don't understand why people, how people can fall for him, Right? But you can see why, why you look at that and you say, he's filled with greed. He desires money and the things that this world has to offer. And in their greed, these teachers, they like exploit the people of God with stories that they have made up in order to gain from them, in order to take from them. I mean, Benny Hinn goes on crusades all over the world 
And he plays this whole thing about how he can heal you. And if he prays for you, you'll be blessed financially. And you'll, you'll get a, you know, a thousandfold of what you give to his ministry. And they, he has sick people with sick families that follow him everywhere, hoping that maybe he will pray for them and heal their sick child or heal them and give them. This is, this is wicked. Wicked, sinful. False teachers exploit the church. And the people who are taken advantage of, the people who are deceived, they follow the shameful ways and they bring the way of truth into disrepute because often false teachers lead Christians away from the truth into these sort of fleshly, um, sinful practices. And you know what? People who are unbelievers look at that kind of stuff like Benny Hinn swinging his jacket and people just falling on the floor and they say, look at that, isn't that ridiculous? That's why I'm not a believer because Benny Hinn. What does Benny Hinn have to do with Jesus? Right? So how are we supposed to, um, what's the application that we should take from this? This reality of false teachers, uh, these marks of the false teachers. Four through nine, four through ten. God's faithfulness on display. So this is what Peter says um, in response to this reality that he's warning these Christians against that there's going to be false teachers among them. He says, "If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, putting them into gloomy dungeons to be held for judgment." Um, this could be a reference to a very popular work at that time, Enoch. First Enoch. Um, which spoke about the whole Genesis 6 situation. Um, uh, it, it could be a, a, a reference to a number of things, but basically what, um, what Peter is saying here is um, there is this well-known story, there is this well-known account that when angels did something wrong, um, even the, uh, the ones, that the angels that uh, turned with Satan and were thrown out of heaven, that's the book of Revelation speaks of. Um, they're going to be judged. They're being put into gloomy dungeons and, and hell, and they're going to be held there for judgment, right? God didn't spare them. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood, so uh, demons, angels, uh, the flood, Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot, Noah. These are the stories that Peter is using to, 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 to describe one thing, right? False teachers are real, but God is faithful to judge. God is faithful to judge. 
If God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, if God did not spare uh, the ancient world when he brought the flood on its ungodly people, protected Noah, preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes and made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, um, these are all judgments, right? These are all judgments that came, ac- came upon people um, who were wicked. And Peter is saying, if you needed a, a, an example of God's faithfulness on display towards those who are wicked, that they will get their due. That they will not get away with what they're doing. These false teachers, their condemnation has long been hanging over them. Their destruction has not been sleeping. You might be thinking that Kenneth Copeland and Joel Osteen and Creflo Dollar are going to get away with it because it looks like they got away with it in this life. They got everything that they wanted. They got to live the high life. You might think that these false teachers got away with it, but they didn't, and they won't. Because God was faithful to judge the angels who sinned. God was faithful to judge the ancient world and brought the flood on its ungodly people. God was faithful to judge the wicked people in Sodom and Gomorrah. But God is also faithful to save Noah and his family. God is able to save Lot Rescue Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. Verse 9. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials. So what's the, what, is, what is Peter's final application? God knows how to save. God knows how to judge. Verse 9, if this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Peter's saying, whatever it is that you do, be alert, be discerning, False teachers are real. They had false prophets in the days of Israel, and you will have false teachers among you. Be able to mark them. Be able to name them. Protect yourself against them. Call them out by name. Right? But, if in some way, false teachers seem to have some manner of success in this life. If in some way it seems as if false teachers had victories, success, garnered reputation, published books, New York Times bestsellers, have so much money that they have to shove it into walls and bathrooms at the church. <laughs> I'm serious. Go look it up. It's, it's hilarious. It really happened. Plumbers lining up outside of Joel Osteen's church. Let me have at it. Let me see what else is stuck in these walls. 
if it seems like they have some sort of success, need I remind you, God has been faithful to judge and condemn the wicked in the past. And he will judge and condemn the wicked who are alive in your day. He will judge and condemn the false teachers who follow the corrupt desires of the flesh and despise authority. Who turn undiscerning Christians away from the truth, exploit them with stories they've made up, get them to follow after their shameful ways and bring the way of truth into disrepute. He will bring judgment upon them and he knows how to bring you Christian, through it unscathed. That's God's faithfulness on display. False teachers are real, but God is faithful to condemn and to save. False teachers are real, but Christ purchased his church with his blood, and his church will not be overcome, be defeated, be deceived ultimately by any false teacher. God will judge them and God will save us. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord. that you have given us your word to help us know what is true and what is false. We pray, Lord, that we would take to heart that you are faithful to save those godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment. And so we pray, Lord, that we would know your faithfulness to us in Jesus Christ who bought us with his very own blood and that you would protect us from false teachers and false teaching. Help us to be like the Bereans who compared everything to your word to see if it was true or not. We weighed everything by your scripture to see if it was to be believed or not. And help us, Lord, to know that you are faithful in all things. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.